Chavches Teves, the 28th day of Teves. The Shia Tanya for today is in Pedic Yudalid, chapter 14. It's on page 209. Earlier in Tanya, the Altarebbe asked concerning the quote of the Gemara, where the Neshama is told to swear that it will be a Tzaddik and not a Rasha, where the question that needs to be needs to be addressed is why the double expression be a tzaddik and not a rasha if you're a tzaddik you're obviously not a rasha and now having explained the difference between the tzaddik and the benoni now we'll understand what that expression is all about page 209 now we will understand the repetition of the of the of the oath to be a tzaddik and not to be a rasha, the lecha'ira tamua, because at first glance it seems difficult to understand. Me'ach ki me'ach Hashem ashbiyeh meisete hitzadik lo matzirichem lahashbiyeh eid shaleyehei rasha. Once he swears that he'll be a tzaddik, why does he have to repeat it and swear not to be a rasha? Hello. So now we understand. Because not every person will merit to be a tzaddik, as we said in yesterday's shir, that the level of love that a tzaddik needs to have in order to be a tzaddik, the ava b'taynugim, this love is given as a reward and as a gift from above. And a person doesn't have total freedom in this matter. To have true joy, true pleasure in God, and that he should despise evil in truth. These are the two sides to the tzaddik, that he loves God on the level of tainud, of pleasure, and that he despises evil utterly. Since not every person is going to have these traits, and he doesn't have total freedom to attain these traits, that's why he is made to take a second oath. That he should at the very least not be a Russian. And in not being a Russian, here every person has the right and the freedom to not be a Russian which means, in effect, to be a Benoni. To control the passions of the heart, to rule over them. And to overcome his Yetzirah, and to not be a Russia even, for a, even temp, for a moment, all his life. Both in the category of avoiding evil, he can always prevail on himself not to sin, and also he, o- can, he can always prevail on himself to do the mitzvah that, uh, that needs to be done. And good means teira primarily, which means the study of teira, which is equal to all other mitzvahs, even this mitzvah, the benini, can always perform. In other words, although it is a very difficult mitzvah to, com- to fulfill completely. As the Gemara says that there are three things a person gets tripped up on every day, and one of them is wasting time from the study of Torah. But with effort, a Benini can achieve this. 
it is within the freedom and the choice of a person to not be a Russia, even in the sense of not wasting time from the study of Torah. And that's why there's a double promise. It's not repetitious. It's two things. First, he swears to be a tzaddik. But since not everybody will be a tzaddik, and it's not up to him, therefore he takes the second oath that if he is not meant to be a tzaddik, then he should at least not be a rasha, meaning to say he should be a benani. If so, why does every soul swear to be a tzaddik and then take a second oath in case he won't be a tzaddik? The benani should be made to swear only that he'll be a benani. So there must be some benefit and there must be some meaning to the soul of a non-tzaddik promising to be a tzaddik. And that's why the Alter Rebbe goes on. Ach afal pikein, tzorich likvei alay itim gamkein, losis eitzis benafshei, lihiyes meyiz bara. Although he's not going to really be a tzaddik, yet everybody has to set aside time in order to seek ways of bringing himself to despise evil, which is what a tzaddik does. Only a tzaddik does it naturally. Because of his love for God, he despises evil. The benani, or the non-tzaddik, is not going to despise evil effortlessly, automatically. He has to set, set aside times to find ways in which to get himself to despise evil. How is he going to get himself to despise evil? Not by raising himself to the level of love of a tzaddik. That he's not going to be able to do. He brings himself to despise evil for other reasons. Again, as for example, the advice that the sages give us. The Gemara says, that a woman is a filthy vessel and the like. And the same is also true with every pleasure and every delicacy that we have to stop to consider the ugly side of it. And the same is with all pleasures. That the wise sees what will come of it, the ultimate results that the end will be that all physical satisfaction, all physical pleasure ultimately ends up in the grave and therefore is not worthy of the attention that is paid to it. And here the Rebbe says, the Alter Rebbe says, it is the advice of the sages. Because the Gemara, as it's stated, doesn't seem to be uh, a moral lesson. doesn't seem to have a moral lesson. It's a statement about the physical world, a statement about women, basically about sexuality, but it doesn't seem to have a, an instruction to it. The Alter Rebbe sees in it an advice. It's not merely an observation or an opinion. It is an advice. Should a person need to weaken his Yetzirah and to not be drawn after the pleasures of the body, he should find in those pleasures something inelegant that will that will balance the the pleasure so that he become he comes to despise or to be turned off to the pleasures through by the fact that there is something about the pleasure about the worldly indulgences that are that are not elegant 
not aesthetic. So this is one half of being a tzaddik, that he should find uh, a distaste or cultivate a distaste for the indulgence in pleasures. And then the other half of being a tzaddik, and that is to take delight and pleasure in godliness. He should try to find ways of taking pleasure and joy in God by contemplating God's greatness according to his ability. And although he knows in himself that he's not a tzaddik, and therefore he will never attain these levels in truth, he will never despise evil for the right reason, and he will never truly take pleasure in God to the exclusion of other things. It will only be a copy of the real thing. Yet, he should do what he can do. In order to fulfill the first half of the promise, where he promised to be a tzaddik. So although he may never be a tzaddik, and he may know in himself that he won't ever be a tzaddik, but he has to do what he promised to do. And that is to make every effort at being a tzaddik. And God will do as he finds fit. Either he will give him the soul of a tzaddik, make him a tzaddik, or he won't. But that's up to God. The person has to do whatever he can do on his own. So the first explanation as to why the promise is made by all souls to be a tzaddik, even though not every soul will be, that it obligates the soul to make an effort to, to attain those qualities that a tzaddik has by nature, the Benini has to make an effort to attain it as second nature. But it's the, the, the effort that the promise obligates him to do, to make the effort, the aid. And then it may go a step further. That habit reigns over all matters. And it will become second nature. And if he gets into the habit of despising the evil, So the first explanation is that although it's not a true despising, but he's doing his best. He's doing what he can. The second stage is that it will become, at least to some degree, a true despising. At least as a second nature, if not as first nature. And if he gets into the habit of rejoicing in the greatness of God through the contemplation of, God, of the greatness of God, the arousal below brings an arousal from above, and perhaps for all of this effort, he will arouse a feeling above, from above, the yizkeh, and he will merit that a certain aspect of the soul of a tzaddik, the ruach's part of the soul of a tzaddik, will be impregnated into him. In other words, will be added to his soul. So that he will serve God with a true joy. As it says, let the tzaddikim rejoice in God. Tzaddikim in plural. 
And this implies both the original tzaddik and the tzaddikim who were originally bainanim but were given an aspect of the soul of a tzaddik so that they too can serve God on that level. This doesn't mean that the bainani becomes a tzaddik. He basically remains a bainani. But his simcha, his joy in God, is an aspect of the soul of a tzaddik. And then that soul of the tzaddik plus the aspect of that soul as it exists in the bainani, both will rejoice together. And that's why it's tzaddikim, two, two parts to the tzaddik, the original soul of the tzaddik, and that aspect of the tzaddik that is now in the bainani that enables the bainani to also rejoice in godliness. The tiskayim be be'emes, and then, at least to some degree, the, the promise is actually fulfilled, hashvua shemashbiyim tehi tzaddik, that part of the promise where he promises to be a tzaddik. In the Hayyim Yayim for the 28th of Teves, the Rebbe writes that in Sefer HaChkira, Derech Amunah, Sefer HaChkira is, uh, was written by the Tzamach Tzedek, which is basically a philosophical work. So this Sefer HaChkira, which is printed, is Chaseirim Harbe Hagois, is lacking many notes, many glosses. The Tzamach Tzedek Tzamach Tzedek uh, authored the book, composed the book in, in connection to the trips that he made to Peterburg. Where he had to answer many questions on these subjects, philosophical questions about belief and God and so on. And it's interesting that in Megillah's Tainus, in Perek Yud, there's a, a statement there that on the 28th day of Teves, back in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, there was a, there was a, there were the Tzedekim, the Sadducees, and they set up their own Sanhedrin. But on the 28th day of Teves, in, in some one of the years of uh, the times of the, of, of the times of the Beis Hamikdash, they had a debate with these Tzedekim, and they asked them questions. And they were not able to bring proof from Torah. And on that day, the 28th day of Teves, the Tzedekim had set up a Sanhedrin, and because they couldn't answer the questions, they were defeated in the debate. Their Sanhedrin was was dis, was disbanded. And this corresponds to the Tzamach Tzedeks having to answer questions on matters of faith in Petterburg.